0: get involved with people. Actually, it's more of a guideline than a rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw. I-
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Josh. Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. We got a great freaking show lined up for you today, and I am super excited about this one. I've been talking about it for like a freaking month. Um, So yeah, without further ado, we're just going to dive right into this, okay? um, We have with us Marie D. Jones, who is one of my absolute favorite authors. In this genre, okay, in the, in in the paranormal, the paranormal milieu, if you will. Um, so we are gonna have her talk to us a little bit. Uh, she has a new book that literally just came out, uh, like Monday, okay. As you're listening to this now, it's Friday. Um, but yeah, the book just dropped Monday, and the book itself. It is called Mind Wars, and you're definitely going to want to check this out. I could not, literally could not put it down, and it was absolutely phenomenal. But just to, you know, I'm going to preface this interview a little bit, okay? Because it's a little different for me, okay? I'm, like, about to interview one of my absolute favorite authors of all time. Now, with that comes a little added pressure, and hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't sound like, well, like this. You, you remember,
0: when, remember when you were with the Beatles? That was awesome.
1: And so regardless, that's that's basically what we're trying to avoid. Okay? So <laughs> anyway, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Marie, and I'm telling you, like, she really needs no introduction whatsoever, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay, because some of us might not be familiar. Uh, Let's just, I'm going to read this. This comes uh, straight out of the book, basically. Marie has an extensive background in metaphysics, cutting-edge science, and paranormal, And she's worked as a field investigator for MUFON uh, in the L.A. and San Diego area in the 80s and 90s. Uh, She currently serves as a consultant and director of special projects for RPAS, the Arkansas Paranormal and Anomalous Studies team, where she works with RPAS president and co-author of this book, uh, Larry Flaxman, to develop theories that can be tested in the field. Uh, Marie is a former licensed New Thought Metaphysics minister has trained extensively in the science of the mind and new thought arena. So she has a lot going on. Uh, Maria has also been on television, Uh, the History Channel's Nostradamus Effect, uh, that series, the Ancient Alien series, and uh, she served as a special UFO abduction consultant for the 2009 Universal Pictures science fiction movie The Fourth Kind, which was frickin' terrifying. I think I've mentioned that. A zillion times before. Uh, She's been on uh, just hundreds of of radio shows. Uh, She writes for uh, Taps Para Magazine, uh, Phenomenon, Whole Life Times, Light Connection, Vision, Conspiracy Journal, Beyond Reality, and, and several popular anthologies such as If Women Ruled the World, Let Go, and Let Miracles Happen. Three. ...of the uh, Hot Chocolate for the Soul books... ...and five of the uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul books. She's also contributed and co-authored more than 50 inspirational books... ...for new seasons. Like I said, she has a ton going on. She's a, a screenwriter, for God's sake. She also... She doesn't just do this nonfiction stuff, either. She's got books... Uh, she's co-authoring uh, a series with uh, with her son... And uh, she's also co-authoring another book with Larry Flaxman. It's a novel uh, coming out called Gridwalkers and that's coming out in like uh, 2016. So like I said, she needs absolutely no introduction if If you've been involved in the paranormal field or been interested in the paranormal field, I guarantee that you have been somehow you you've come across Marie D Jones's work, okay um. And with that, I think we're going to get right into the phone call with Marie D. Jones. And I hope you guys enjoy this. All right. Well, welcome, Marie, to the show. It is very good to have you.
2: Well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure.
1: You you have the honor, the privilege, I should say, of... uh, being on episode 25 we've made it this long
2: there you go and see if you add 2 and 5 you get lucky 7 lucky number (laughs) 7 awesome absolutely love it
1: Um, I I just want to like right out of the gate ask you you know what what made you want to become a writer in the first place
2: I okay this was not by choice (laughs) you know it really wasn't I just I've been writing and telling stories since I was a toddler and it just was something. I'm was. i one of those lucky people that knew from the age of five I was going to be a writer. I wanted to be a lot of other things, though, too. I wanted to be an astronaut, a firefighter, a jockey. That's actually my other big childhood dream. Nice. Um, Yeah, isn't that weird? People look at me and they go, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. But I got too tall. So, um, Yeah. yeah, it was just natural. I was writing stories and making little books and my mom and dad and my grandparents said I was always telling stories and it's funny because a lot of them were ghost stories
0: yeah. or I would
2: talk about aliens how the heck did I know about that stuff um, And I and I read voraciously from a very early age you know, we, we used to do have this thing called going to the library.
0: Yes. Back to
2: the dinosaurs, <laughs> <laughs> And we would come out with just stacks of books, and I just couldn't get enough. So I actually started getting paid for my writing when I was in my late teens.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: And yeah, well, interestingly, I was writing um, a lot of short stories, and I was selling them to men's magazines at the time. Yeah. <laughs> This was back in the day when they bought a lot of horror and science fiction and they paid really well. And then I got into writing movie reviews and video reviews and stuff like that. And I, you know, I mean, I was making money at what I love to do. And it just, I went to college for two and a half years and I ended up dropping out, which Mm -hmm. is not necessarily something I'm proud of. But at the same time, I was kind of like, well, I'm here. Taking classes to learn how to write, and I'm already—you're already, you know, <laughs> You're already way... doing it. <laughs> yeah, so I just ended up working jobs and writing, but it just—it's it, always been there. And I actually started out writing fiction, and then I got into uh, screenwriting for a long time, and then I just stumbled like 12 years ago into writing nonfiction, and it just really took off. That Which was so no cool. surprising. Cause it's not something I ever thought about doing.
1: Right. I Yeah, I think that's a common tale. Nobody just said, oh, yeah, I'm going to write. You know. <laughs> but That's yeah, the way well, it goes.
2: You know what I, mean? I have a lot, obviously, have a ton of writer friends. And it's weird. Some of them have known since early on. But a lot of them, they will say that... They stumbled across this dream later. But I have a feeling that when you really get down to the nitty-gritty, it was always there. Because a lot of people want to write, and they just think that it's, you know, it's like a pipe dream. Right. So when you really start talking to them, and they open up, they'll they'll finally say, oh, man, you know, I've wanted to write a book for like 20 years. And to me, it's like, well, why didn't you?
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's kind of a nice little segue in, into uh, you know the the topic for the this evening anyway, you know about your new book, the Mind Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you know we allow uh, you know just as a as a human uh, population, we kind of allow ourselves to be influenced in many ways. I I was blown away by this book.
2: Yeah, so was I. <laughs> because really, you know, you know, doing the research. I mean, you don't go. When you go into writing a book, obviously you know a little bit about it. You know enough that it fascinates you to go through this rather grueling process of researching and writing a book. Um, But I was blown away, too, because when we really started to lay out all the different ways that our minds are being manipulated... And you start to realize, this is just normal human behavior. Yes. We do it to each other. We do it in our romantic relationships. We do it in our families. We do it with friends. Oh, wow. We do it at you know at work with all of our crazy colleagues and bosses. <laughs> and then just seeing how it sort of snowballs up to the larger, creepier scale.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It, it was really uh, mind-blowing to me, too. It's Like, oh, wow. I so- stumbled. I'm
1: aware of it now. Right. Yeah, and that, that that was one thing that I wanted to say is this really really struck a chord with me in just how yeah. how our everyday lives are influenced. And it's just like you said, not just by you know the the government or social media or anything like that. It's just people who we interact with on a daily basis. It's Yeah mind-boggling it's bizarre
2: and the funny thing is is they're using a lot of the very same tactics and techniques and methods that the quote-unquote powers that be are using on on us as a populace
1: absolutely and
2: and it's funny because you you have to you have to come to the realization that wow those those methods really work yes they do so
1: they do yeah you know what uh what uh, began your initial, you know, interest with the subject itself? Like I can only imagine like the conversation
2: <laughs> between
1: you and Larry on the phone.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to think back because we've written a number of books and it's kind of hard to categorize all of them. I mean, we we sort of bounce from the paranormal to metaphysics to to sciency stuff to mm-hmm. consciousness and, you know, we're trying to figure, figure out what reality is. But our last two books, um, the book before this is called Viral Mythology, and in that book we really took a sort of side street that we had not taken before, because that book is really none of those things. Right. But we wanted to look at, but in a way it is kind of directed, directly related, because it's about, you know, who are we? Do we really know our history?
1: Exactly.
2: Um, Well, you know, we'd always been interested in conspiracies, but... It wasn't something that we really wanted to touch because we were not known for that. But the subject of mind control, the thing is, and surveillance, certainly, Right much. That's not conspiracy. It's true. It's fact. It's documented fact. So we really thought, you know what? First of all, this would be really fun to research. But second, when we looked around, we couldn't find a book that sort of was comprehensive in that it put all this stuff together in one book. Almost where you could, you know, somebody who wasn't familiar with any of these subjects could learn enough so then they could go off and research what they were most interested in. I mean, there's books on mind control. There's books on surveillance. But we didn't see anything real mainstream. Right. And that was kind of the niche that we were hoping to fill.
1: I I think you uh, succeeded. (laughs) It was very good. But now, (laughs) you know, after... After your initial then conversations with Larry, I'm sure there was many conversations back and oh, forth.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> hours and hours worth. Now did you start to get yeah. freaked out? <laughs>
2: like, no, you, you th- know what? We didn't get freaked out at least I don't know. I can't speak for Larry, but <laughs> for me, um, I'm I'm at home alone writing. During the day, and there's all kinds of freaky stuff. Well, Larry, now, this is what you might find really interesting. Larry works for the Department of Homeland Security. Nice. And I can't say what he does. Right. But, but, you know, he does some really cool shit. But anyway. Oh,
1: <laughs> no, said.
2: trust me, that's um, welcome here. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> um, but, you know, most of the writing will uh, go over ideas and research and everything, and I'll do a lot of the writing during the day because he works full-time. So I'm home alone, you know, doing this stuff, and I'm starting to get really paranoid because I'm hearing things, and, you know, I'm, is, am I being followed? And then I have friends of mine that are in the conspiracy field that I kind of turned to because I said, you know what, I want to I wanna know the most objective research that you can point me to. So I had a lot of people helping me and they were all saying oh you better watch out you better be careful so and so disappeared writing his book or right. you know and and I'm getting really paranoid <laughs> <laughs> but so far I mean I'm still here the book is out it's blowing up yes. at radio it's, and nobody has followed me to the grocery store yet
1: <laughs> no, no so, black vans parked outside yet no so. but you
2: know what I mean it's not like we're saying anything that isn't Discoverable by by anybody who really wanted to go look and look for the information. You know, I'm not. Yeah, you know, we're not whistleblowing on some big corporation that did something wrong.
1: Exactly. So
2: I don't know, but I did have some weird stuff go on um, while I was writing it. I, I don't scare easily. Um, the the worst situation that I ever dealt with was the very first book I did called Science, which was about looking for possible links between quantum physics and the paranormal, I actually got death threats, many of them. What? Um, Oh, my God. You're going to love this. I got death threats from a number of people who were uh, Christian extremists who felt that I was deifying science, which in a way I was. I mean, to me, you know, science can explain God. Uh, To me, science. And everything we just haven't caught up with it yet. Exactly. That doesn't mean that I'd, I'm disrespecting their beliefs. I'm just saying, guess what, folks? There is a science behind everything. That, you know. Everything. Well, there's a science
1: behind everything, and I know. Um, I mean, we're kind of jumping books and stuff like that, but I mean I that's know, fine. I but are. no, but that's okay. <laughs> um, when you did eleven eleven, I know mm-hmm. there was a lot of. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there. If you look at just a Fibonacci sequence in itself, yeah anything in nature is basically like with a, a Fibonacci sequence. Like, even the right, uh, the way the wind spirals. blows, it's, it's right, ridiculous. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. So and, and it just shows you that there is this intelligence, but it's not human.
1: But it's not and human, exactly.
2: To me, it's not. And that, that's just my opinion. But yeah, there were a number of things that I had written about that sort of equated you know, the most fundamental level of reality with the force or God, and that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And a lot of quantum physicists do, too. But yeah, that was the only book that I literally had a lot of trouble with. Wow. Uh, but this book this book just came out, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just crazy to me. You would think that they would have... Uh I don't know. I'm I'm a Christian myself and uh, you know to me I find solace in the fact that there is a grand design like that. It's not just yeah, some and, happy and little accident. It's like wow, there's really something it to it.
2: Exactly. And why does science have to compete with what you believe in because in my feeling is what you believe in fine. I want to know the science behind it though. I want to try to see if we can figure out how it works. Right. And maybe we can't. You know? Exactly. But that doesn't take away from the the faith and the elements of faith. Now, these people really felt like all science is evil, and I'm thinking, but no, really, my dad was a scientist, and he loved the paranormal, and he was totally into the paranormal and metaphysics, and because to him, you can have God, you can have your concept of God, but the fascination is, how does God work? And not that we're ever going to know, but we right. still are driven to that. So, yeah, that was a weird experience. <laughs> My
1: God, <laughs> I can only imagine. That is bizarre. Yeah, it was,
2: and it just goes to show you that. And I also had some issues with psychics because uh, Larry and I have written about. We 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 don't debunk psychics, but we kind of call them to task often because I just feel like everybody and their brother is claiming to be psychic. So. They, yeah, there's
1: a lot of psychics now and you know it's
2: and mediums <laughs> yes
1: and you know as of the last decade every all of this has been really thrust into the mainstream you know yeah, whether yeah, you like it yeah. or not it here it comes and with that i think come a lot of charlatans, people who are just kind of jumping on the bandwagon, maybe looking to make a quick buck here or there, which they're in the wrong field. (laughs) You're looking for money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like,
2: you know what? (laughs) Yeah. It's not that I need proof for everything, but I also don't think that you can call yourself any old thing you want without having something to back it up.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Now there was a quote. Let me grab my paper here. Okay. Uh, Howard Rheingold has a, a quote that you, you quoted in your in your book. It says, We are moving rapidly into a world in which the the spying machinery is built into every object that we encounter. Uh. Now this that's what initially started freaking me
2: out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. And then it's like, how how deep does the rabbit hole really go with this? So
2: well, do you have a smartphone? I,
1: that's what's freaking me out. I'm okay, I'm seriously considering just, yeah.
2: <laughs> your smartphone is smarter than you think. Yeah. And now they have smart appliances, right? Right. And they have ways for your appliances to turn on and do things while you're on a plane to Timbuktu somewhere. <laughs> You know, or they anticipate how you want your coffee. Or I mean, that's actually nice for me. But yeah, yeah it, it, the the more that we allow technology to take over our lives, the more the more of our privacy and even our security we may be risking. Uh, it, and I don't think people think about that because we're so enamored with technology. Con- yeah,
1: inconvenience and, and and things of that nature. And if it's sparkly. Damn it! We want it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the faster, the better. Oh, the new iPhone is out. iPhone right. twenty-four. I just bought twenty-three. Now I gotta get twenty-four. I gotta have You know, it it's yeah. Oh, well, I have a seventy-eight-inch flat screen. Now there's a hundred-inch curved. You know, yeah. it's like, come on, people. When is it ever going to be enough? It's like a weird addiction. But I mean, I have a smartphone. Yeah. I'm not real smart about how to use it, but. <laughs> You know, but after doing all this research, I had no idea that somebody could take pictures of you and read your texts and your emails on, off of your smartphone and you don't even know. There's no trace. Right, you know, you have to be one of them to figure out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that when you're online on your computer and you're doing online banking, that somebody could be reading your keystrokes and get your account number, your routing number, whatever information you're putting in, your password, username. I mean, this is where we're at now. Can you imagine five years from now?
1: And that's what I was going to ask. You know, is I, I always think of you know a movie like like I, Robot with Will Smith. You know, yeah. and I'm like, how close to that are we? And you know, like you said, we have all these smart appliances now. I mean, for God's sake, a car can park itself now, parallel park itself. Yeah, I mean,
2: that's scary. Yes. That's probably good though for some of us. <laughs> yeah, who for can't some parallel park to save our lives. <laughs> but you know, I, 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 Japan is a country to watch when it comes to robotics and artificial intelligence. Some of the the creepy human like robot stuff they're coming up with you gotta it's like what are these people thinking right. you know, they have butlers they have uh if you're not in a relationship, you know you, can, you know. <laughs> I mean it's insane, and something really scary that I saw I think it was today and i'm I think it was China they figured out a way to manipulate the genetic sequence of a of an embryo,
0: oh
1: my god,
2: yeah, and I'm like what well, first of all. That's that's playing God. I'm not sure that I'm keen on that. Right. Maybe you know. Maybe you know. Later, as the the fetus is developed, and you can see there might be some kind of spinal disease or something. Right. Maybe that. But what the heck are you going to manipulate an embryo for?
1: Yeah, that's what terrifying. Are you,
2: how are you manipulating it? What are you putting some alien DNA in there or Bigfoot DNA? I mean, <laughs> that kind of stuff scares me too. Because if you think about it, we now have the capacity to, to interfere with the most basic form of life. So that by the time that embryo grew into a human, what has been altered? You exactly. It's has, has changed at the genetic level.
1: Is it even human anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my God. So like, yeah. you know, how, in your opinion, you know, how close are we? Uh, I know you mentioned in, in the book um, uh, the movie Minority Report a couple times. Yeah, yeah. How close are we to that?
2: I think we're there. Honestly, I think that anything that you can imagine or that you've seen a movie on, I think that there are think tanks and you know there's government-backed research that's already there, and I, I think we don't find out about it until many years later. So I think anything that we can imagine probably all already in the mix and i've heard people say that you know yeah the we're you know we're doing brain hacking we're doing uh brain computer interfacing we have uh we're close to the ability to give robots and computers some form of thought process which then might lead to consciousness (laughs) yeah we're close
1: (laughs) god and i
2: think that's why you hear these guys you know what stephen hawking and who is the other one that came out and said that one of their biggest fears for humanity's future is the misuse of artificial intelligence. Right. Yeah, that was scary. Sarah, I'm thinking, you know, climate change, nuclear war, whatever. No, they're worried about technology.
1: And that's Stephen Hawking. I mean, that's one of the most brilliant minds that this planet has ever seen. Yeah,
2: hello, listen. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He might know what he's talking about. (laughs)
2: But, you know, there are countries like, and it's not I'm bagging on Japan, but Japan is one of the most technologically advanced countries on the planet. Sometimes they put us to shame. Yes. But sometimes when you see, excuse me, some of the robotics they're developing, you know, your, your first thought is, well, this doesn't really serve a purpose. What is the point? Do I need a robot butler? Do I want, uh, oh, here's a good one, robot surgeons, excuse me?
1: Oh, no, no, no.
2: It's <laughs> bad enough we have to worry about a human operating right. on, on us, but at least, but, but with a robot, you know, some, a fuse blows, I mean, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, and there and you that, are.
2: <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, well, uh, he lost his life because, because of, the... You know, the robot blew a fuse. <laughs> The robot, oh, laugh we, laugh about it.
1: the robot was due for an oil change, and uh, yeah, oh, we kind of yeah. screwed up. We somebody, dropped the ball.
2: <laughs> somebody forgot to change the oil. But then you <laughs> think about automation and how that's taken over so many blue-collar jobs. Yes. And at some point, you know, this new kind of automation, computer-mation. <laughs> yeah. uh, robot I mean, robotics, artificial intelligence implies that human intelligence is not needed. So, what? Do, where is our role in all of this?
1: I was going to say, then, where do we go as as the as the population? You know, yeah. what happens well, to us?
2: <laughs> I think you know, if you look at a lot of the ways that our minds are being manipulated, controlled, altered, um, it feels like we are being almost groomed as as those drones. You know, <clears throat> the worker bees. The the ones that are... Everybody's one paycheck away from poverty, so you got to work harder. Right. You're tired, and everybody's sick, and you've got more cases of... God, they said cancer was supposed to explode, what, 50% in the next 20 years, and you've got um, auto just skyrocketing. Keep us dumb, keep us sick, keep us distracted.
1: And, you know, that, was, I, that was another point that I wanted to touch on, yeah. Was, you know, we... Um, I don't know, we we freak out very easily as a population. Um <laughs> yeah,
0: <we do. laughs>
1: it's just we do. it's um <clears throat> it's kind of weird because at the same time, you know, I always I always say nine eleven was a very big turning point for just humanity in general. You know. Um, all of a sudden, you know, we're we're taking off our shoes at airports and we're all, you know, considered yeah. to be possible terrorists and And things of this nature, and and yet now, you know, three people get um, Ebola, and and we, we oh my God, the shit hit the fan. It was ridiculous, and it's like, okay, but what is going on? You know,
2: it's fear. I think it's a distraction method as well. I also think it could be, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Getting people ready, preparing people for something bigger to come. Right. Um, you know, some people like let's take it. Kind of compare Ebola to the UFO disclosure thing that has been going on for years. It's mm-hmm. like if you leak enough information out about aliens, whether it's through the media, entertainment, what ha- news reports. <clears throat> eventually, when you come out and say <laughs> they're here. You're, you're going to hope that people will be able to handle it which i don't think they will that's a whole other story <laughs> but I think with Ebola it's like we know there's going to come a time when you know there's going to be a strain of avian flu that just goes insane right. I mean Ebola is fairly easy to keep uh you know to keep from going pandemic it really is it's it's very easy to contain something like an avian flu or some kind of uh, airborne flu virus is not. So, you know, all this panic, is this like a way for for people to sort of vicariously get their fears out for the next time? Or are people really that stupid? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I don't like to say that, but I felt like slapping people that I knew who were like, first of all, go get educated about Ebola. It doesn't take long. Get it a good objective view. Don't go to, you know, certain news sources that are right. like liberal or or conservative. Don't go to those. Go to the best places to go are universities because they don't they don't care you know about the politics. Exactly. They don't care about <laughs> Learn about the disease, how it spreads, blah blah blah. You won't be so afraid. I think it's you know because it hit blacks and African Americans and people in Africa, that was a big part of it. Yeah. It was a racial, racial thing too, but you are so right. Now 9/11 Literally, it was a terrifying event. I'm not saying that, but did you, what did you think about the way we just turned around and literally handed back our freedom?
1: That's exactly what happened.
2: Tribe? Yeah. We just handed it off, like, here, keep us safe. Yep. Keep us safe. But it's like, keep us safe. You just, you know, we just took away everything that makes this a free country and a democracy. And I think we're still fighting to get that back. And if people want to read the book, you'll find out that, you know, the Patriot Act and all of those laws are have been even more expanded.
1: Oh, yeah. It was, it was very eye-opening. <laughs> very eye-opening
0: reading yeah. the book.
2: And, and then, you know, like Ed, Edward Snowden, who comes out and whistleblows about the way that we're being watched by the NSA using our cell phones and our computers... It, Come on, people, if you're getting mad, you have to realize that part of that agreement you shook on. You know, I mean, we all shook on it. Yep. So that's the scary part is that, like you said, yeah, you get people in large groups and they do really strange things.
1: Oh, my God. It's bizarre. <laughs> and I've always said yeah. that. Oh, it's so bizarre. But, you know... like
2: mentality. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's like you watch... Um, you know, the UFO movies and, and things of that nature, they're they're a big hit. They're a big seller at the box office and things of that nature. Yeah. But you know, are are we being like you said, are we being kind of fashioned into into acceptance? It's like, I oh, it's not that far fetched.
2: But but I mean these movies have been around since the fifties. It's like, come on already, you know? <laughs> exactly. When when are they gonna do this? I remember being a kid and they had this schlocky shows my age here, black and white movies of, you know, I mean they were really bad (laughs) compared to (laughs) today's uh, CGI and everything. I mean, there were books, there were magazines there, it was hugely outer limits, Twilight Zone. Yeah. It was always, it's always been popular, so I'm torn between feeling like, yeah uh, you know, especially lately you see these news stories about, oh, NASA says it'll be 20 years and we're gonna know for sure. I saw that. Yeah, and then there was one somebody sent me, you know, they're having discussions about what what they would do, um, who would be in charge of talking to the aliens. And I'm thinking, (laughs) okay, now I can understand the pre-planning is good. You want to be ready. Yeah. Is there more to the story? Maybe there is, but I just want to know why it's taken so damn long. Yeah.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we have or don't we have somebody in place for that, I mean, to kind of be the liaison if you will i think
2: so i think it was there's like an ambassador to the universe or something (laughs) i want that job would that be amazing (laughs) give it to me i'm really diplomatic and friendly that
1: would be so awesome (laughs) oh that would be so awesome
2: okay so let me ask you what do you think i mean honestly i feel like we're just being dragged along and there's really nothing to disclose
1: no, I I absolutely would agree that there is something to tell, and but I'm also in the same boat as you, where you say you know I just don't think we necessarily could handle it yet as as a global world. You know, <laughs> I did a a thirty minute documentary on just disclosure itself. Oh, <gasps> I
0: want to see it. You can oh, awesome. absolutely
1: do that, and I will give you the links and all that fun stuff yes, when please. we're done here. Um, and it's, you know, it's basically just, could we handle it? Or would it be, yeah. you know, you look back at uh, uh, the War of the Worlds, you know, and that, the broadcast of the War right. of the Worlds. Oh, and I mean, Lord. people <laughs> lost their shit. I mean. They,
2: they were, did. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. And it, you know what? Could you, okay, so imagine you're sitting at home, right, twiddling your thumbs or whatever you do when you're Yeah, thumbs, yeah. And, you know, this is so this kills me. Because as a fiction writer I love this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that those emergency tests that sound really loud. Yeah. You know, they're like ten times the volume of the show that you were watching. Yeah. And imagine one of those comes over and starts saying all this stuff. You know, you're being evacuated, there's been a nuclear explosion or whatever. And and then you find out half hour later that it was bought and paid for by Universal for their new movie. Bingo. I, you know, and I've seen things, I mean, not you know, not to that extreme, but I, I still think that we have the capacity to freak out like that. Because look at the stuff that goes over social networking on Facebook and, and Twitter and on the Internet, these fake funny news stories that people take to heart and they start passing around. Oh, my God, did you see this? Right. You know, it's like it's people.
1: And that's where they're it's getting their fire. information. That is now where people are getting their information is their, their news feed on fe- Facebook. From Excuse the,
2: me. Yeah, from the onion. Yes. <laughs> I, I just laugh. I actually fell for one about a couple of years ago. It was a celebrity death and I'm thinking oh, oh my yeah. god, I just reposted that but I realized now that celebrity died like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> there, oh my god. There was one that's- Uh,
1: There was one that said uh, that Betty White had died.
2: Yeah, Um, dyed her hair. But yes,
1: and if people would just stop and read the way that they said they spelled died, then they would have had it, so I didn't even click on it, thank God. But I would have had to kick myself.
2: (laughs) That thing went viral, and people were freaking out because nobody stopped to click on
1: it. She's an American treasure. We lost her in there.
2: Yeah, I had one on April Fool's Day that I actually fell for. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Oh, yeah. And I'm also a huge Walking Dead fan. Nice. So there was a story that he put out himself that he had been hired to write a bunch of the next season of The Walking Dead. And he put it out like it was, you know, breaking news. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I was so excited. Oh, and I posted it, and then I clicked on it to read it. And it went to his page and just said April Fool's. Oh. Like, oh okay, well, I'm going to keep it up and see how many other
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and it, it's amazing. And I think it's because we're so distracted. There's so much coming at us. We don't have a lot of time to click and read everything. Right. So what do we do? We pass on misinformation. We pass on disinformation. We pass on rumor. We pass on propaganda to the next person without ever really looking to see what is this? What is the source?
0: Right. You know,
2: sometimes these articles are bought and paid for by big pharma or the left wing or the right wing, or, you know, somebody with a with an opinion. And you have to try to separate that from actual factual news, and it's getting very difficult.
1: And that that is a big problem, is there always seems to be an agenda, you know, for lack of a better
2: yeah, term. Yeah, there is. Uh, it's just, <laughs> and I mean, we all have our agenda. I mean, we all have, oh, yeah. you know, the things that we believe in and push, but... You know, I think at some point it becomes dangerous when that kind of stuff goes viral and it starts to galvanize people when maybe there's really nothing to the story. And then it gets people angry over nothing and yeah. uh, <laughs> mob rule, you know?
1: Exactly. Now, there was a, uh, a quote here from the book again, and I love this. I-, I loved it so much that I had to copy and paste it here onto my... It says, says, although we may indeed be under some form of surveillance at any given time, we can still raise a middle finger to those peering, crying eyes by becoming aware of the capabilities of modern surveillance technology. And I think that is it right there. It's education. When it all boils down is just educate yourselves.
2: Yeah, and and I've had a number of people say, oh my God, this is so depressing. I don't want to read your book. I'll kill myself. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Look, I'm still laughing. I'm still goofing around. Yeah. When you become educated, when you become aware, you've taken that first step to being able to do something. And the more people that do that, you get to that critical mass where you've got such a huge awareness that it makes it much more difficult for them, quote unquote, to get away with this crap. Right. You it's know? Just People recognize demanding- it. Exactly. People start demanding, you know, certain types of technology be changed or fixed. Or You've got these brilliant minds, too, that can come up with hacks to stop the government or stop the NSA from getting into your cell phone, you know, more power to those people. Yes. So the more awareness there is, the more everybody starts talking and networking, and brainstorming ways that we can, I don't know that we'll ever stop it, but slow it down or at least keep some of it out of our own lives.
1: I was just going to ask that if you would, you know, if you would ever see it uh, stopping, not necessarily stopping, but definitely slowing down. And I would hope that one day we could do that.
2: Yeah, but you know what's gonna this is my opinion, again, my my humble opinion. I think what's gonna slow it down is that as a as a collective, I think we're gonna get to a breaking point with technology. And I think there with a lot of us that are, you know, from the generation where we used to go play outside when we were kids.
1: Yeah, what the hell is that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Yeah. And oh, this thing called a library. Yeah. You didn't have cell phones? Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah, texting. But I I think that there is, because a lot of the people, I talk to a lot of people, I love to talk to people and know what's going on in their heads. And a lot of the people I talk to, there is a sense of malaise. There's a sense of unease that there is this overwhelm, this overload of information, too much technology, too much intrusion, no more quiet time, no more solitude, no more connection to nature, and people are starting to feel that imbalance, that's what I'm hoping will lead to some kind of uprising where people will just say, sorry, uh, you know what? I don't need to bring my my smartphone with me everywhere. I'm just going to use it now, every now and then. Turn it off the rest of the time. You want to spy on me and say, well, my phone will be off. You know, come to my house with binoculars.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or,
2: you know, somebody will develop some kind of shielding to put around your house so drones and satellites can't see through your walls. But I think it's it's just sort of a people standing back from, the overwhelm of technology and saying, you know what, we're gonna go outside for a while. You want to watch us? You know, go yeah. ahead. We'll shoot down the drone with our shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah, the awareness of it.
1: That is so funny, though, because I could totally, I, you know, I have a lot of filmmaker friends, and you know, <laughs> they all have these cool <laughs> drones.
2: And I, oh, they're awesome! Oh, they we are so amazing. Computer. But oh we my. Have- God. <laughs> We have a company here in Carlsbad. You might have heard of them. They're actually making drones for motion pictures. Oh, cool. They get those 360-degree like, shots and yes. stuff. And oh, it's awesome what they can do. And it's like, wow, okay. And, I mean, we have also a huge group of people here that are hobbyists, and they make their own, and it's really cool. I mean, I'd love to have one. But it's scary to think that, you know, terrorists don't need to come through our airports anymore and right. get on our plane. No, they can just hang around, build a little drone, put a little vial of something that goes airborne on it, you know? Right. Send it onto the White House lawn.
1: Well, now I tell you, uh, we have uh, I have a friend who uh, was flying his around. It, he just had a, uh, a GoPro camera attached to it. Oh, cool. <laughs> it was so neat. Um, and, you know, he was just flying it around. Um, and, you know, he ended up getting a letter from the police saying, hey, you need to cut this crap out. Basically. Really? Know, yeah. It was kind of bad. So apparently there's now, you know, permits there are and rules. steps. Yeah. yeah, there's steps being taken. I, I know they're so new for the most part.
2: Yeah. I read some of the laws that they were trying to pass. And a lot of it makes sense that they require um, was FAA licensing. They require some training. Yeah. And they were talking a lot about commercial drones and how they're going to limit the airspace. That's and if so you crazy. stay in that, you know, in that that airspace you're fine if you break out of it you hey you know it's anybody's game but right. <laughs> it makes sense because look you have the possibility that they could be interfering with heli you know police helicopters and trauma helicopters jet i mean whatever however high you get those things to go but also just the privacy factor
1: right <laughs> you don't want to land it in somebody's backyard and freak them
2: out <laughs> i don't know how you're going to govern that because there's what are you going to have somebody posted outside every neighborhood looking for drones? Right.
1: <laughs> I would love that job, Good job for you. Yeah. yeah me
0: too. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> so you know,
1: from writing, um, from writing Mind Wars, you know, what have you personally? You know, taken away from that, from the whole experience.
2: <laughs> that nothing I do is done in private. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. I mean, I don't know necessarily if that's a good attitude to have. But, I mean, I do care. I care very much about the privacy angle. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you're going to come after me or if you're going to watch what I do, screw you. I'm not going to change my behavior because of that. Right. I'm a, I'm a real... I come from an activist background, my feeling is, this book is, you know, my middle finger. Yes. Larry, our, our middle finger, because I've always believed that the most empowering empowering thing that we can do as citizens is to stay informed. And that's for anything. You right. know, why are we believing every damn thing that we're told? And I'm not saying that... Everything the government does is bad. I really appreciate highways and bridges and things oh, yeah. like that. But you know, but the media too. I think the media is even worse. You just know, because you turn on the news, don't believe those people unless you, you know, your gut can back it up, or you go do a little research on your own.
1: That's just it: is not taking everything at face value. You know,
0: exactly.
2: like yeah. you
1: said, do your yeah. own research and really look into it, especially if it if it strikes a chord in you. Perfect. That means you're passionate That's, about yeah. it. So get well, passionate. Not just
2: that, but yeah, you know, since our caveman days, we have had this thing called gut instinct. Yes. And it works. And I think that we all know when we're being had.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely it's- right.
2: We may not want to admit it, or we may be too tired and exhausted from our day at work and dealing with kids and stuff to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, that I think that we know, and we know that our thoughts and behaviors are being manipulated, especially when it comes to the things that we buy and consume. Um, uh, you know, we know.
1: That was another thing in your book that freaked me out. Is what we are buying, and we have choices in what we buy. Yeah. But do we really have choices?
0: You know. You're,
2: yeah. Sometimes your choices are given to you. Yes. <laughs> you can choose between these three, oh
0: and it's just a matter
2: of, you know, we're we're visual creatures, so advertisers know that and they play on that. They play on putting stuff before our eyes over and over and over again. It's almost hypnotic. Right. That you then, when you think about, oh, you know, I need I need some uh, toilet paper there one or two brands is gonna pop into your head although I usually end up buying the cheap brand but that's <laughs> but, yeah. you know I mean I was talking to a lady the other day and we were both bitching about how if you buy something online like say you buy a pair of shoes mm-hmm. how for the next three weeks all over your Facebook your Twitter your email homepage they're gonna have shoe ads yes it's like it's like, people, I already bought a pair. You're, you're late. <laughs>
0: Didn't you, you get had that?
2: Had <laughs> Come on. If we're going to do the minority report thing where you're going to be anticipating <laughs> our thoughts and behaviors, you should have known ahead of time. <laughs> but it was so annoying. And I even, for a couple times, I clicked on where it says, do you like the sad? And I said, no, it's bugging the crap out of me. Exactly. I, I've already bought my shoes. I'm not buying another pair. Get out of, you know. Leave And it's like that. So pervasive, it, and and she was saying the same thing. she said, yeah, I bought a blender or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All of a sudden, I'm on Facebook, and the whole side of my page is blender ads.
1: <laughs> and it's ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah. Oh and
2: my god. Man, that means somebody knows everything you're buying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there it is, right there. The proof's in the pudding, so to speak. Yeah. Be careful crazy. what you buy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: The kids hop on the
1: computer. Oh, um, Dad, what is this? I don't know.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Mama, <laughs> yeah. you know, another funny thing, too, real quick, if we have time. Absolutely. That, uh, when I was doing the book, I was, you know, searching for serial killers, um, shooter syndrome, cults, all this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think, oh, my God, if anybody ever got my computer and looked at my <laughs> but but I, I would have one defense I'm a writer.
0: That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. But it's- it, yeah, but I forgot. You know, I I cleared my, I mean, I think even though you clear your browser history, it, it, I'm sorry, it's out there anyway. Oh,
1: it's still there, um, yeah, somewhere.
2: Yeah, but it's just, you start to think about that stuff and you think, oh, man, I mean, they can even see something and come after you for something totally innocent or innocuous. And thankfully they have, not I think they know by now some of the crazy <laughs> things that I search for. Um, but I just She's like, oh, it's just Marie, don't worry about it. So, you know, it, it, after searching for serial killers, I made sure that I searched for flowers in <laughs> springtime. <you> know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to research Build-A-Bear. That's what I'm going to do.
2: Yeah, Build-A-Bear. Um, oh, yeah, Cow Bears.
1: Love it. Um, now, where can where can people find you and what you're up to?
2: <laughs> I'm always up to no good. I, my website my website is mariedjones.com dot uh, com. My website with Larry is paraexplorers. p a P-A-R-A, r a paraexplorers.com dot com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, it's always Marie D. Jones, and you know, with all the new books and stuff are always all over my social networking or on the website.
1: Yeah, they're everywhere those books there,
2: yeah. I'm annoying <laughs>
1: no not at all <laughs> I tell you like the, the thing it is like about and, reading the books that you and and Larry you know put out is you've done your homework and it's refreshing yeah. it's definitely refreshing can, yes well
2: my name is on this I don't want to right <laughs> I'm not saying that you know it's, it's perfect because we had to leave a lot of stuff out and people always say oh why didn't you cover this Oh man, maybe when we do part two. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, when I put my name on something, I try to make sure that I'm going to be proud of it. So.
1: Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this because this is absolutely oh, amazing. This has been yeah, a lot it was of a fun.
0: A lot of it fun. It was.
2: See, now, yeah, now you know the real me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These serious books are written by someone who's totally crazy.
0: But. No,
1: no. <laughs> Everybody, check out this book. Check out all of her books. Um, Amazon always has awesome, awesome deals, too.
2: Yeah, they have good deals. Barnes & Noble online. Barnes and & and
1: Noble, yes. Absolutely. Or if you have
2: a bookstore still near your house. Jeez, I don't think any exist anymore. But
1: is We had one. No. I, I live in the middle of nowhere. And we had one about 45 <laughs> minutes away. And oh, no. um, it closed down... And it was a big Barnes & Noble, beautiful, like you walk in and you just smell the books and you you do Isn't one of those, awful. like, oh, I love that smell, but...
2: Yeah, you just, ah. Oh. oh, yeah.
1: But then, uh, yeah, it, it went the way of Old Yeller, apparently, and uh, so now we have to go uh-huh. into Omaha to go...
2: I hate hearing that. It's terrible. I hate hearing that, yeah. I remember a time when they were everywhere and these little independent bookstores are everywhere.
1: Yes.
0: <clears> and,
1: throat> yeah. Throat> now it's all... Everything's electronic.
2: <laughs> Progress. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Progress.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well thank you oh, so much mother. for doing this, Marie. Thank you. Oh,
2: thank you. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> All, right.
1: All right, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Marie D. Jones, you guys need to check her out. Go pick up her book. And also give us a look. Um ectoplasmshow at gmail dot com ectoplasm show on Twitter. And check out the Ectoplasm Show as well on Facebook. Uh, go give us a like and a follow and all that fun jazz on the social media. But yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope everybody's doing good. And I will talk to you all very, very soon.
0: I'm making a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Actually it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw and that's not what you're telling me what I saw. I-